You're listening to The Finch and the Pharaoh. I will turn into Leafs Twitter wanting to fire Mike Babcock if they lose on Tuesday night. The Finch and the Pharaoh. This is The Finch and the Pharaoh. On Spirit Live. We have lots to discuss today uh, on The Finch and the Pharaoh, and it's it's such an interesting time of year right now because in Toronto sports especially, like the Leafs are playing tonight, but it's not a big deal. No. It's kind of a nothing story. You could talk about it if you wanted to, but what are we really going to yeah. bring to the table? Everyone kind of knows what's going yeah. on with the Leafs. Like, they lost in San Jose, a game they should have won, and they'll probably win tonight in L.A., and tomorrow they play in Anaheim. There's not much to it. Um, also, uh, Raptors in Golden State tonight. That's a big story, obviously. Their first time back since taking home a championship from that building in Game 6 uh, in June of last season. Uh, Blue Jays spring training update. We seem to have gotten on that bandwagon a little bit. Uh, so we'll be providing you with some updates around Dunedin. And then we're going to talk a little bit, if we have time, about Tom Thomas Brady and what he he's up to. Where is he going? Is he staying with New England? Is he going to Tennessee? I guess we'll find out. Uh, but we're going to discuss that a little bit. There's phone calls going on. There's so much misinformation, so we'll get to that. Uh, Finch is fine as play. We're bringing that segment back today. And yeah. again, hopefully our stingers work yeah. for that. Well, uh, it better work for that. we got a lot to cover with that. No kidding. And then, of course, our Radisson Rams recap. Bit more of a sad Radisson Rams recap, but we'll get to that later. Uh, first off, Zach, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing very good. Thank you for asking me, Jackson. <laughs> how are you doing today? I'm not bad. I'm, um, I'm reminiscing right now. I'm in a more reminiscent mood because the Raptors are back in Golden State tonight. And it's it's such it, there's so much nostalgia for that building now for Raptors fans. If you're if you're a Raptors fan, if you're in the amazing city of Toronto, you are uh, really excited for this game, and you absolutely should be. the The result of the game really doesn't matter. It's about seeing those two teams' colors together once again, yep. and remembering last time out they took home the yeah, chip. Last time was in Oracle Arena, and it sucks that that is the last game ever played in Oracle yeah. Arena. But you know it's going to be the Raptors in the Bay once again. We all know how Game 6 transpired in Golden State. So it'll be interesting to be kind of a warm welcome. And to help us out even more with that uh, comparison, Steph Curry is going to be back. I you were going to mention voice guy. Uh, yeah. Yes, no, so with Steph Curry coming back, that's been a big point of discussion. Also, I should mention, yes, there's a new arena. It's the Bay Area, I should say yeah. that. They're, they're, they're coming back to the Bay Area for the first time since they won yeah. the chip. I forgot, they, they switched buildings. Yeah, well, kind, of, like a, nice kind of a crappy end to no Oracle Arena. All the, well, the dynasty lived there. Yeah. And then... Uh, we'll see if Chase Center or Chase uh, Arena, whatever the hell well, it's called. Hasn't been working out for them so far. No, I wonder if it's maybe bad luck. Maybe. Although they were bad at Oracle skeptics, Arena. Skeptics would say. Yeah. They would they confirm. Are, after all, the Warriors are the worst team in the NBA right now. 14 wins on the year. 14! The Raptors nice. have, what, 43? It's... It's been tough in the Bay Area this year for Bay Area sports, and I, you know, I, I, I feel for them, but at the same time, I don't. They've had their moment, the Warriors. Yeah, right? they've, welcome they've, to the rest of the pack, yeah. you know? Welcome to, you know, the, the gutter, the mud, as yeah. some say. But they're not concerned, though. They're like, it's no. basically just a buffer year. They're going to get Clay back. Steph Curry's going to be in full health. And one of the reasons it's a buffer year is because Curry's been out. Mm-hmm. And him coming back tonight, uh, yeah, will mark his... Uh, First game since uh, the first couple games of the season. That's when he broke his hand, uh, if I'm correct. It was uh, right in October, maybe early November. Yeah. But he was supposed to be out for the year, and all of a sudden, he's back. And I know we are going to touch on if he should be back. Uh, the fact that it's against the Raptors kind of holds a little bit more meaning to it than than usual. But at the end of the day, Curry's back. Like it or hate it, he's uh, definitely going to boost this team, I guess, for the remaining games they have left. But... 
Curry with the Raptors is going to be a, a good game to watch. It'll be entertaining. But uh, do you think he should be back with the Warriors in a season that might, or not might, is a lost season? My thing is, okay, we need to look at a power struggle in the Golden State organization right now. Um, if I'm Steve Kerr, and I go, the, the head coach of the Warriors, and I go to Steph Curry, probably the greatest warrior ever, right? Arguably, yes. Yeah. So if I go to Steph Curry, and I say, you know what? I want you to sit out. I don't think it's safe for you to be doing this, risking this injury. What if Steph comes back and says, no, I need to play. I need to get ready for the Olympics. I need to show people that I am not washed, and I want to do something about this team, and I want to get back on the court in this new arena. What's Steve Kerr going to say about that? Now, I agree that Steph Curry should not be playing um, for a number of reasons. It's a, it's a lost season. Why bother? But the power struggle, if Steph Curry wants to play, he's going to play. Yeah, I think, uh, to the latter half of your argument, I agree. I do not think Steph Curry should be playing whatsoever for Golden State because we talked about uh, this washed-up season for the uh, Golden State Warriors. 14 wins. It doesn't get much worse than that. Well, it is the worst, bottom of the NBA. Regardless, you're flirting with that number one draft pick. And we were discussing before the show, Jackson, how this year's draft class isn't necessarily unbelievable, especially compared to the drama and the media attention that went towards Zion, Ja, and R.J. Barrett. But still, a first overall pick's a first overall pick. You are getting the best of the bunch for that year's draft class. And um, on top of the Curry might get injured again argument, or he should not, uh, I guess, just not mess with the system. Because at the end of the day, the Warriors are currently poised to get the number one pick in the draft considering the lottery and it makes zero sense to me why Steph Curry the star the golden boy you just said the greatest warrior of all time is coming back in in a season that is almost done and you have 14 wins are you kidding me you're gonna risk injuring your hand you're gonna risk actually winning a couple of games this actually kind of screws over the Raptors a little bit of course he's coming back Mm -hmm. when you really need to win when you are battling the Boston Celtics for that two seed Mm -hmm. so it's bad for the Raptors but I think it's uh it's more of a poor choice on the Warriors organization. I don't think he should be in. He's the star guy. Hand injuries are more serious than some people think. And just the fact that he's playing makes zero sense to me, and I'll never wrap my head around it, Jackson. <laughs> well, yeah, you make a really good point, a fair point. I think most people would agree with your your sentiments, Zach. And I just wonder, in terms of the organization, I mean, when you look at it, they're... Because the lottery isn't what it used to be in sports anymore. It's like if you tank and you get the last overall pick... The odds have changed so much, it's like you're probably not getting the pick. Look at New Orleans last year. You think they thought they were going to get Zion? Mm-hmm. All the all the Knicks fans thought they were going to get Zion. They end up with number three. Yeah. Now, R.J. Barrett's uh, L.A. was even close because they were in the four spot. Exactly. Right? So, I mean, when you look at it that way, it's like how much does tanking really matter? And, you know, things like that. But I'd imagine that Steph Curry coming back tonight definitely means something. Like, he meant to come back on this day. Do you know what I mean? Against the Raptors, at home. Yeah. It's like, we're the welcoming. storybook ending. The storyline. Uh, yeah, Start exactly. a new chapter. Uh, get that out of here. Start a new chapter by beating the team that beat you kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's going to be Steph Curry and Draymond Green leading the yeah. pack. Draymond Green. 2020 Draymond Green, might I add. Yeah. This ain't no 2016 Draymond Green. No, their, their team is absolutely this team washed. Is, this team is probably an 8-7 seed if you have Curry on. This team, as is right now with Curry, rejoin the lineup. They're not great regardless. And Curry's going to get you those wins that you just don't want to get if you're a Golden State fan. I um, don't know. I just don't think it makes any sense, Jackson. 
voice guy has showed up. If you want to, he hear, has. If you want to hear a Raptors transition, yeah. <laughs> it's a little late. Better late than never. We'll see what he's doing. Yeah, let's let's hear from voice guy. It's time for some Raptors talk on the Finch and the Pharaoh. Thank you, voice guy. Took you long enough. He yeah. probably slept in or something. I don't know how. I he heard he was really hungover the night before. I'm not surprised. Why am I not surprised? I don't know. This guy just like goes off, runs oh, off to his cave. He's crazy. No, he's he's an absolute maniac. But he has been putting in some work for us, so we'll give him some credit yeah. there. It's just a shame he couldn't show I up. I heard he time. learned some new vocabulary, and uh, he he picked up a dictionary, read read some articles, and then he he learned a couple new words for our Jays transition. So can't wait for that. Yeah, that should be fun. But anyway, back to the Raptors Golden State matchup. Yeah, so it's it's a big game in terms of like the stories and like in the U.S., you know, all the media types down there are going to be peddling this rematch mm-hmm. of like if Steph Curry comes back and beats the Raptors with the kind of team he has, doesn't that prove that the Raptors aren't even that good? Okay, stop with that, first of all. Um, it's funny because if that happens, that will probably yeah. transpire. Colin Cowherd's going to hop up on his mic tomorrow and say that exact thing. He's going to say, well, Steph Curry took a team with nobody on it, a team of scraps, and beat Toronto, who's supposed to be this incredible team, you guys keep telling me. That's what he's going to say, because he mocks Canada. He mocks the Raptors. American media in general does. So with Steph Curry coming back tonight, it feeds right into that narrative. And that's why, if you're a Raptors fan, you really just really want them to beat Steph Curry tonight. Don't make that return anything memorable for anybody in that building. This is a big game for the Raptors. Every statement, every game from now on is a big game for the Raptors. Yeah, like you said, this is a statement game tonight against the Warriors. But like I mentioned earlier, Boston's only one game back of the Raptors, and they have been in that area for a long time. When the Raptors won 15 straight, they basically kept pace. They lost one or two games in that stretch as well. So Boston is keeping up. They uh, Raptors fans might have caught a break when Houston ended up winning in overtime, preventing that uh, comeback scare that Boston hit at the end of the game. But regardless, Boston's one point back, and Raptors don't want to see Steph Curry walking back into a lineup (laughs) on a very important game. He might be rusty, yes, but is he also fresh? Again, yes. Yeah, and I wonder I wonder what he'll produce tonight. Like, what if he goes off and puts up 50? I don't know. I wonder how him and Andrew Wiggins will, yeah. uh, will bring to the table. So That could take some time to work. I mean, they've never played together in a real game, mm-hmm. right? So that could take some time to generate that. Ca- Forgot about Wiggins there. That's right. Andrew yeah. Wiggins is on that team. Okay, so there's another angle. The yeah, Canadian, the Canadian playing the, yeah. yeah. Even though he's Maple Jordan, as some call him, uh, although he does He know. was Maple Jordan. He does not deserve that nickname. No. Well, I think the nickname's kind of... Dying down. Dying down because I don't hear it at Good. all. It better be. Okay, but from the Raptors' perspective, they also... this is There's no excuse. You win this game tonight. The Warriors have 14 wins. They're dead last in the NBA. If you don't beat them tonight, I don't care if Steph Curry is coming back. I don't care if Larry Bird in his prime is coming back on this team. You beat this team. They have 14 wins. The Raptors are supposed to be this championship-caliber team, at least a team that can go far in the postseason. So, show me. And... Right? You look at this team. We, we talked about Steph Curry a lot. Steph Curry, you can just, let's just say, let's just say for sake of argument, Siakam balances Curry out. I know that's <laughs> not at all a good comparison, but just take my word for me. I think, no, I think yeah, they're it. When you look at that, Damian Lee, who's he going to match up against? <laughs> Is Damian Lee a real person? Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's sorry. averaging 12.3 points. This oh, season. okay. Actually, I should know. He's playing Damian. almost 30 minutes a game. Right, okay. That's, right. that's what I'm trying to say. So the Raptors need to win this game because you have Curry, but Ibaka can match up with someone like that. Yeah. Chris Boucher, the slim duck himself, can match yeah. up with someone like Saint that. St. Hubert's finest. St. Hubert's finest. Alumni, I hear, yeah. actually. Yeah. 
Slinging chicken and fries. Exactly. The local Saint Hubert, Chris Boucher. True story, by the way. Look it up. Uh, but yes, the Raptors have actually lost three straight prior to their win in Phoenix on Tuesday. So they have fallen on some hard times here. You talk about the standings and how Boston's right on their tails. So this game does matter in terms of that. Mm-hmm. And obviously a statement just in terms of shutting up all those stupid American media narratives uh, that don't make any sense and just, you know, just beat them tonight so you don't have to worry about, uh, or us fans, I guess. The team doesn't worry about any of that media stuff. But us fans don't want to have to put up with all that media jargon that they peddle down in the States and the Raptors are also in the third game of a five-game roadie. Uh, and so that plays at factory in it as well, right? Mm-hmm. They're traveling. They're on the road. It's a West Coast game tonight, 10.30 start. And, you know, they, they're not a, exactly a healthy lineup either. Uh, Gasol is still out, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, Van Vliet was out early. I don't know if he's out again tonight. Yeah, he was wearing a suit in the last game. Yeah, so, so I'm thinking he's possibly out again tonight. I haven't heard anything about him coming back. So from that perspective as well, it's it's an injured team. Uh, but nonetheless, it's you got to beat the Warriors. I'm sorry, you got to beat the Warriors. I don't care if you're playing here, there, Timbuktu, doesn't matter. Beat them. Uh, also, last time the Raps were in the Bay Area, as we mentioned, they won a championship in Game Six, and kind of want to rem- reminisce a little bit about that because we never really got the chance to talk about it, like react to it right when it happened. Because mm-hmm. obviously, like the school year was over, we were off the airwaves. It was in June. Uh, Zach, where were you when the buzzer went off in Oracle Arena and the Raptors? won their very first championship in franchise history. I was right where you wanted to be. I was downtown Toronto at Jurassic Park. Not in the first Jurassic Park. Those are for all the crazy fans who line up at 8 in the morning. But I think I was in either the first or the second uh, overflow area. But still, fantastic. The the streets when they won. You, you, you've seen the videos. Have you seen the videos where it's the drone shots and there's just, you can't see the street. There are millions upon millions of fans. It felt like that. You could not move anywhere. We went by Union Station as well, and that was completely packed. The entire front entrance right across from the uh, the Royal York filled, which is people, flares. By the way, flares smell really bad. I never <laughs> was at a place where I've seen a flare in person, but I was like, wow, this smells really bad. Anyway, that was a little <laughs> side tangent. A little tangent. But yeah, but fantastic experience. It was. You can just tell the city kind of exhaled. Were you scared for your... Like, was it? Was there any level of danger? Like, a lot of people, craziness? No, a lot of people were crime, climbing trees, and uh, I thought, you know, there's definitely um, some illegal substances in you right now, sir. You should not be climbing <laughs> that tree. And I think there was one time where there was a truck that just happened to be in the intersection. First of all, why are you at an intersection in downtown Toronto? Anyway, that got tackled by 30-plus people, so that was interesting. But no real sense of danger. Everyone was just kind of enjoying the moment. You know, everyone had a... Had a couple beers in them, so everyone's feeling good. Everyone's feeling good in Canada, and what a what a scene! I can't. I have videos, and I'll have those videos for the rest of my life. What time did you have to get down to the uh, to the square to even get in the overflow area? I got there fairly early. I had to wait for um, a couple buddies who are in sport media as well, right. uh, Thomas and Drew. Shout out! But anyway, we uh, we got there around. I want to say six. Like we got there really late. And the overflow, they just kind of put us in a section, and then we just kind of went with it, and it just worked out. But I think there were two or three more overflows behind me, so we could have gotten there later. And yeah, I didn't think six was that late regardless. You're listening to Finch and the Pharaoh here. It's almost 5.30 on a beautiful Thursday here in Toronto. Zach Finch, Jackson Farrow, just talking a little bit about the Raptors and reminiscing because their uh, Raptors are in Golden State, the Bay Area tonight, the first time since they brought home the championship. 
And, you know, I, I, I was in my basement when that happened. Uh, and I was just watching it because I had worked all day. Mm-hmm. And I was working like a watching party in London at a radio station. And, and when, I, uh, when I came back, it was, I just sat there and I just took it all in. You know, and mm-hmm. they, it was such a, the TV production is so well. And they told such a good story. And it was, I was in disbelief. I was kind of in shock. I think, it, yeah. I think a lot of people were. It was one of those things where it was, pinch me. This is a dream. Because right. why would a Toronto sports team ever win anything, ever? Other than the Argonauts. Put a little asterisk beside that team name. Yeah, like the Argos are, you know, that's weird. I don't even, like, <laughs> didn't John Candy own that team once? I don't know. All I know is that Ricky Ray was a quarterback at one time. Is he Wayne still Wayne Gretzky there? owned the team, too. No, Ricky Ray's Wayne retired. Gretzky. Yeah, Gretzky, Gretzky and Candy owned the, t- owned the team, I think. That mm-hmm. was a weird time. Uh, also, rest in peace, uh, Candy. Yeah. Twenty six years ago, yesterday, something like that. Wow. Twenty six years. So, don't don't quote yeah. me on that. Maybe it's not. Anyways, he. It was the anniversary of that yesterday. So, uh, shout out Candy. Very funny Canadian actor. Yep. Uh, go check his his YouTube reel is hilarious. Oh yeah, all the all the uh, little clips. So rest in peace to him. Uh, but obviously, yes, the Raptors coming back to the Bay Area, and it's it's going to be lots of fireworks, and it should be. I wonder if they'll do like a tribute. The Warriors. You think they'll they'll throw like a two minute video of like congratulations, guys? No, probably not. No, they're 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 solid. I don't even think the Raptors would do that if the Warriors beat them. Again, this is all like what if he said she said, but I <laughs> I don't I don't think they do anything. They say all right, screw you, you beat us. We were injured. We yeah. deserve to win. Yeah, cool, whatever. And Move now on. your team's in shambles. Yeah, huh. now, now you have fourteen wins on the season. So look who's laughing now. Interesting how that works. You speak. You talk about injuries. And you know a team who gets gets injured a lot, especially the last couple of years, the Toronto Blue Jays. And mm. our very own voice guy, he's been putting in work. He's, he's been, been grinding. grinding. Yeah. He's been grinding away. And it's time. Here we are, voice guy. Take it away. Play ball. Blue Jays talk on the Finch and the Pharaoh. Well, there you go. Hello, voice guy. Uh, he sounds a little muffled. Perhaps he's... Sick. He might have recorded that when he was hungover, in fact. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, thank you for that voice, Guy. And yes, the Blue Jays. Spring training continues. And interesting stories coming out of Dunedin here as Jose Bautista. There's been a lot of hoopla about Bautista, and I'm not sure if this is believable or not, but apparently he's training to be a pitcher. Yeah, that's uh, that kind of, that story came out of left field. but um, Right field. Right field. Oh, uh, shit. Should I had so many opportunities I just missed out on. But anyway, story kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. I saw it from Marcus Str- Stroman's Twitter yeah. because there was the report that he's been training as a pitcher. And then Stroman said, yep. Yep. Short, simple, clean. He said, yeah, I've, I've seen him play pitcher. We've all seen his strikes to home plate uh, like on a guy tacking up going to home from right field. But uh, we know he has an arm. He's He's... He's he's washed though. Like I don't want to be that yeah. guy. But Jose Bautista, this is kind of one of those stories where it's uh it's whoa cool Twitter likes retweets. I think he leaked it. I think he's just trying to get some interest. He does like you'll notice there's a lot of Jose Bautista stories out there always around spring training. Mm-hmm. I think he's done a lot of favors because he of- always tries to make a comeback. He always wants to get that one year deal. Just let me play, and uh, it, it doesn't really work out for him, especially the last couple of years. He's a very prideful person. I think he's probably made a lot of not deals, but like. You know, wink, winks with journalists. Like, I'll give you this interview, but when I want to leak that I'm making a return, you're going to leak that for me. I think that's all this is. I think that's what it is. Um, you know, where it's a give and take there. Jose Bautista is good at that kind of thing. He's a smart guy. 
mm-hmm. really smart. He referenced Rodgers' shares when he was negotiating a contract. This guy knows what he's talking about, knows what he's doing. So I believe that this is more than anything probably a throwaway story, probably a leak that he's trying to get out there. Yeah. Also, him and Stroman are friends. Yeah, so and also in, in Toronto media, anything about the Blue Jays, that's somewhat positive. You'll uh, you'll you'll grasp onto that. And hey, it, it got the clicks, it got the retweets. I personally don't care. Would it be awesome to see Jose Bautista pitch in the majors? Sure. But is it realistic? No. No, and apparently he throws like a 94-mile-per-hour fastball, and he has his slider has some movement, but there's no way he'll be a starter. Does he have the makeup? Yeah, and, and like a 94 fastball, okay, you better be able to command that pretty well if you're going to be in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And you're a righty, and like there's just a lot of factors going against him. Like if he comes back, is, he just, is it just going to be a distraction for the other bullpen arms? I think that it's this is too complicated and too complex. And if I were him, I'd just go into coaching. He's yeah, such a well, smart he, guy. Yeah, like you said, he's, he's clearly a smart guy. He knows the games. He knows the numbers. So he might be that perfect mix of stat guy by the numbers versus the player by what you see. The eye test versus the stat test. Yeah, exactly. I think he's... He's... What 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 do you call it? like washed isn't even the right word like he's his name has so much recognition around baseball because of some of the big seasons he had but as a hitter now he's got a very good batter's eye mm-hmm. I'll give him that very good batter's eye he's great leading at taking pitches so that's why I think I believe he hit more home runs one year than he did strike out really that's take really that cool. in yeah he's he'd be such a good hitting coach he had to reinvent his own swing he had a late career boom and if he if you project his his late career over the course of his 20s, Hall of Famer. If he hits a couple 50-bomb seasons and does what he did over that six, seven-year stretch he had from like 2011 to 2017, okay, 2017, maybe not. But let's say that mm-hmm. five-year, 2011, 2016, he was money. You project that over a 10, 15-year career, he's a Hall of Famer. Now, that's hard to do, and that's why he only had five yeah, years. There's, a lo- there's usually a lot of layers, especially in a sport like baseball. And I And I know, but it's just, it's... I think he could be a hitting coach. I'm not sure why he's going into pitching. Maybe he thinks he's good enough. Someone probably told him he's good enough. Maybe he's working out with Marcus Stroman. And again, I don't know the guy, but he's like how we've mentioned, he's a smart guy. He's everything to his advantage. I think there's a bit of an ego on Jose Bautista. And, you know, it's one of those things where you don't, we say all the time, Jackson, you don't realize you're in the good times until (laughs) they're, I don't know the exact phrase, but until they're over. Until they're over. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. So I think he's kind of like, ah, I want to. I don't know. Again, don't know the guy, but anyway, cool story. I think it's a throwaway. I don't think there's any much, uh, I'm sure there's legitimacy behind it, but I don't think it's plausible that this ever happens. I agree. I don't think I, this is even, yeah, I, I feel I, like we've wasted too much time. Yeah, we're on the same know. page. Let's uh, let, let's move on to Blue Jays spring training. Absolutely. So the Blue Jays are in spring training, and um, there's a lot of talk right now about the starting rotation, and specifically Nate Pearson. And on the Scott MacArthur show, uh, this was it this morning, maybe yesterday morning. Uh, Mark Shapiro was on, and he had lots to say. Actually, he didn't have a whole lot to say. He kind of just he spoke he, a lot about nothing. But you, yeah, you guys will. It's, uh, it's the you'll classic see. Shapiro thing, and and he essentially Scott MacArthur was asking him a lot. Mark Shapiro, president of the Blue Jays, a lot about Nate Pearson's timeline, uh, when he's going to come up, innings limits, things like that. Uh, so we are going to play that for you. Uh, in a second here. So here we go. Here's Mark Shapiro on Sportsnet 590 The Fans Morning Show with Scott MacArthur. 
in addition to the talent that we pushed him up our board and, and felt extremely strong drafting him. He's had a series of, of circumstances, you know, mostly just getting hit by a pitch and, and breaking a bone in his arm that have limited innings. And he's never really, you know, built up his innings. So we have to be careful to not necessarily monitor innings, but monitor fatigue. He's only had, I think, 29 total professional starts and two in AAA. So, you know, we are, always going to evaluate all the information, but we tend to take a bigger look at developing a plan and building a foundation for a player. And we're not going to just react to three spring training innings. I mean, that's, that's just not what smart baseball organizations do, but we smart organizations. He makes a good point with that last part about how you're not going to, you know, jump for joy after three spring training innings, but at the same time, do those not factor in at all? They, they, they do, because he's going up against semi-major league talent, depending on who's at bat. But I think it's just more of a showcase. We, can, we see what he can do. Because baseball is a very complex game. You can The cards can just line up for you perfectly, and you have a 10-pitch perfect inning. Cool. But you can also get unlucky. Players, you know, errors, this, that. All of a sudden, you're, you're throwing 30 pitches in just one inning. And three starts, three innings isn't – it's not a lot to go off of for Nate Pearson. But being the prospect that he is, I'm not surprised that it's striking up this conversation. But I feel like what uh, Mark Shapiro basically said, he gave us again. He gave us a lot, but a lot of nothing. He kind of tiptoed around the subject and says, he's ready – but we're not going to tell you when he's coming up because they're just gauging it day by day, year by year, as they should. They're not morons over there, maybe. We don't know. Well, eh, we'll leave that for another discussion. (laughs) But I would like to think they know what they're doing, and I really hope they don't just use Nate Pearson as a ticket sales driver. But that might be the case, and especially with a rotation that is currently, I guess it has a lot of question marks around it, you might say. Yeah, well, the rotation is not cemented, and there's a lot of spots open. I don't think Nate Pearson is even fighting for one of those spots. I think that Shapiro and Atkins are looking at this as, we're going to showcase him at spring training so fans get excited, which is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. We're going to get him some work in, which is good. And listen, if you don't, if you think we're going crazy, what do you think Shapiro and Atkins are doing behind the scenes when they see this guy throwing 100 with the kind of delivery and command that he has? They think, God damn it, Twitter's going to be yeah. begging us to bring this guy up. And they probably wanted him to do a subpar outing, but they're like, God, God damn it. Like, of course he's pitching. Yeah, perfect. of course he's doing great. He's going to start at AAA. He's going to be on an, well, they called it, what, what did he say? He, they don't want to limit innings. They want to limit fatigue, whatever that means. Yeah, I guess That's that would just mean prolonged outings. So vague, but I assume it means something along those lines. Yes, like maybe more appearances, shorter innings, or vice versa. I don't know. I can never mm-hmm. read Shapiro's. Because yeah, Scott MacArthur even said, well, what if you just uh, do him as an opener? Two innings, yeah. and then that's it. And then he basically, again, tiptoed around the subject, but long story short, said, no, we don't take advice from you. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It was actually kind of a funny bit. Yeah, they made a little bit out of it. It was good. It's on sportsnet.ca. You should go check it out. My thing is, Pearson... Service time is probably a concern for them as well, right? I mean, the later you bring him up, the later you have to worry about signing him to a mega contract. But that's so far in the future. What if he blows his arm out twice? Then it doesn't matter what kind of contract he's getting in the year 2030. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, we've seen it from a lot of guys where out of nowhere it's Tommy John surgery, and then you're out for a year, and that's a year um, of power that you hold on the player. Jose Fernandez uh, 
rest in peace, was the perfect example of that. When he came up, he they were going to limit his service time, too, in Miami, smaller market. You don't want to give him that big deal so quickly. Gets Tommy John. Boom. Yeah. Right? And then he's out. And it's like, well, you know, if he had if he had done the same thing, had Tommy John, but he was in AAA, then his service time wouldn't have counted. He wouldn't have been a free agent for a lot longer. Obviously, that tale ended in a very tragic note. But you know what I mean? Same kind yeah, of track. It's a- Jose Fernandez was this kind of prospect. Where it's holy, you know what? This guy's good. Get him up here as fast as they can. Miami did. Tommy John. Yeah. Be careful, right? And it baseball's a risky game. We, like, we've mentioned how it's not as cut and dry as hockey basketball. If you go number one in the any draft, you're playing the next year. Mm-hmm. MLB's not the same. Development takes so much longer, especially to adapt to big league hitters and uh, like uh, for Nate Pearson. But at the end of the day. Nate Pearson, I think they're going to kind of play the Vladdy route. And I think that's what everyone kind of is suspecting. Yeah. And I just, they're just not going to say it. And then, yeah, opening ticket sales, sky high, new season. I don't know what fans are hoping for. But then once they start to dip, hey, Nate Pearson, uh, give us more money, please. <laughs> yeah. Get up here, sell yeah. some tickets. It's funny, though, we talk about this rotation. And last year, the Blue Jays used 21 different starting pitchers. Okay. And the year before that, 14. So, Shady it's going to be similar Ar- to that this year. Arden Zwelling makes a good point uh, in this article of saying, you know, it's the first five. It's not the starting rotation for the year. It's just the team that makes it out of yeah. camp. Yeah, is is your name announced at Rogers Center on opening day? Yeah, and there's a lot of guys who are kind of on the cusp, like Yamaguchi. Well, but Shin Yamaguchi, should he be in consideration or is he a bullpen guy? I don't know. I've mm-hmm. never really seen him play. He's played in Japan. Right. Yeah, you got guys like John Harris, the first round pick from 2015. Who, by the way, it's go time. Yeah, like now let's, or never. Yeah, five years. Let's yeah. pick it up now. Can we get you maybe as a fifth starter, please? Yeah, and then um, that was an Anthopolis pick, wasn't it? Uh, 2015. That would have been yeah. Mm. So that's uh, tough. Yeah, well, and then uh, again, uh, names you probably don't know, but uh, Andrew Sopko, who was a part of the Russell Martin trade, he's kind of. In the talk. So when you look at all of these pitchers and all of these guys, I guess, quote-unquote guys, who could be the the starting five, but you also have a lot of guys who could make it. And that's just kind of how the Blue Jays are. There's a lot of depth, but there's no standouts. So the, the five-man rotation, it was never going to be the strongest. It's going to be good. But uh, there's a bunch of guys who could make an appearance throughout the season, and that's just the thing. The, the Jays have a solid group of pitchers all the way down to, to double-A. And I think the rotation right now would be number one, Ryu, number mm-hmm. two, Roark, number three, Shoemaker, number four, Chase Anderson, number five, uh, do you go with TJ Zoic? Do you go with Sean Foley for now, Trent Thornton? Yeah, I, I also heard like people who don't make the team might end up being relievers, so Sean Foley right now, is he's getting eyed at to be a reliever, but again, still lots to uh, to figure out. Yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. What do you think about Thornton? I saw him pitch actually, and and uh, I think it was his debut or his second start. I think like he's he's gonna be one of these guys who he'll. This year is probably a sink or swim year for him. I hate Thornton. Okay, you don't like Thornton. Don't like Thornton. I like his curveball. His curveball's nice. It's it's more of a biased opinion to why I don't like Thornton. Every, he gets some strikeouts when when he wants to. Yeah, too. I I saw him. I've seen I saw him pitch about four. Let's just say four times in person last year. And every time he pitched, it was uh, it was always the same. It was two innings, cool, good job, Thornton got through it. One hit, one error. You love to see it. And then three run third, four run fourth. And then you're like, 
God damn it, man. That's where the opener debate comes into play. Should Trent Thornton just be an opener? Pitch two innings and then get out of there. Right? I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't be opposed, but again, uh, kind of similar to what Scott MacArthur said, we're really in no position. No, we aren't. To talk. We Finch just, and the Pharaoh. We just, we just speak our minds. We sure do on Spirit Live. Finch and the Pharaoh uh, starting to head towards the weekend here, and it's a beautiful day here in Toronto. And just talking a little Blue Jays spring training, and a lot to unpack with that. Uh, you know what else there's a lot to unpack with is Thomas Brady. Tom Brady, some call him. The GOAT. Yes, the GOAT. Should he stay or should he go? That's been the topic of discussion. And, and there's been so many reports of like, no, 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 he's staying. No, 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 he's going. Trust me, there's 100% leaving. No, 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 he's 100% and there staying. Was that, there was that Super Bowl commercial for Hulu where he's like, yeah. I'm not going anywhere. What does that mean? I don't know what it he means. He somehow managed to get his face, his brand, into a Super Bowl that he wasn't even in. So, GOAT? Possibly. Now... With the theme of should it, should I stay or should I go, from Brady's perspective, we are going to play a little bit of music here underneath this segment to just set the mood, if you will. Okay, it's panned all the way left, but that's okay. Well, headphone listeners will enjoy, <laughs> I'm sure. Enjoy the clash in your left ear, ladies and gentlemen. But Tom Brady, should he stay... Or should he go? It's it's gonna be tough. Uh, the, where do we st- where do we start? What about that phone call at uh, what basketball game was it? It was the, it was uh, college game. Yeah, it was Tom Brady, Julian Edelman sitting courtside and talking to Mike Vrabel, head coach of the Titans. Yeah, and that was after that was some, off someone's cell phone. So someone's cell phone caught them talking to uh, Mr. Vrabel of the Tennessee Titans. So again, that caused a stir. But even on the national broadcast, they of course said, "Hey, Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, they're here." And then yeah. Julian Edelman, a really awkward conversation, was like, he's staying. And then Tom Brady looked like he said, no, he's not. But I can't read lips. And no one can read the situation because you're right, Jackson. Every day, it's a, the Vegas odds change all the time. You Patriots are probably the underdog right now. Whereas three days ago, it, everyone's like, it's, it's a lock on the Patriots. No one really knows what's going on. But again, lots of little pieces of information just leaking little by little. And it's keeping fans... Super anxious uh, until free agency opens up. Just looking at the odds here. So what we've got is right now. Okay, there's a couple different bets here. Will Tom Brady be on the Patriots roster for Week One of the 2020 season? Yes, minus 250. No, plus 170. Okay, so they're saying yes is the favorite. But then, man, the field—they got Raiders and Chargers both at, both at plus 300. That's interesting. I would. Denver Broncos at plus 2,200? No way. He's not coming here. Okay, so basically there's like Raiders, Chargers, Titans, Patriots. I think those are the four teams that are even in consideration. Yeah, I think it's that group of four. And in reality, the Chargers are a bit of a mess right now. I don't know if that owner is going to want to cut a check, the kind of check that Brady's going to want. Did you see the the photo on Instagram where there was a bunch of um, Italian league games canceled in soccer for coronavirus and everyone's like well at least the LA Chargers were ahead of their time <laughs> yeah because no one kind of a little backhanded yeah. slap to the fan base of the Chargers because they don't get anyone at their uh, their games yeah, right. just get, bring them back to San Diego That's man you gave them two LA teams in what three years so just to sort out these all these different phone calls so the other day I think it was yesterday maybe the day before the Boston Herald reported that the phone call between Bill Belichick and Tom Brady didn't go well. Yeah, yikes. Now, that is so subjective and vague. What does it mean? 
How well did it go? Well, their, um, their quote-unquote love-hate relationship has been a part of their success. Yeah. Because no one listens to the other outright. It's like, okay, let me give my ideas, then I'll consider your ideas, and then we'll combine them. It, it, they've never been on the same page, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. There's always been reports of, are they having a feud? Well, yeah, that's how competitive sports are. When you talk, you get a little bit animated. And honestly, great players mix well with great coaches, and they just happen to argue with each other. The best part, though, is that, so then yesterday, at 318, Adam Schefter, we stand Adam Schefter, our hero. By the way, the music stopped. Let me close that up. We don't need any Stranger Things soundtracks here. Uh, don't want to get those copyright issues. We may already be in the copyright We're dumps after done that. So. Whatever. So Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, according to Adam Schefter, have spoken recently. But those talks were not yesterday, and the tone of their discussion was business as usual, per source. Still many questions left to answer. So Adam Schefter is essentially throwing water on that fire that was started by the Boston Herald and Bleacher Report and saying that, chill out, they didn't even talk yesterday, they actually talked a while back, and it was business as usual. So Adam Schefter's sources are telling him there's nothing there. And there'll be another match lit tomorrow, Jackson, and that's just how it's going to be until free agency. Unfortunately, or fortunately, it's pretty entertaining. It sure is. It's always entertaining with these things, right? Anytime a big player, a big name, and Tom Brady's one of the biggest names in, in American pro sports ever, really, uh, with the emergence of social media and things like that. And and now he's on the market. And it's like, well, where's he going to go? If he leaves yeah. the pay, like he's arguably the greatest quarterback ever. I don't even think that's really yeah, a discussion. Been with anymore. one franchise. Yeah. So does he leave that franchise or does he stay to retire with them? And Colin Cowherd's, he's going both ways. He's flip flopping every day. Nobody knows what he's doing. I'm convinced. There are maybe three people on the planet who know what he's doing. His wife, Giselle, his trainer, and Julian Edelman. I think that's it. Actually, he might not even have told I don't, I don't even think Julian Edelman knows. Yeah. Probably kissed his kid on the lips and then told him what he's doing. Yeah. Little, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's weird. Look that one up. Maybe mm-hmm. Or don't. Um, but, okay, make a prediction. Where do you think he ends up, and how do you think it happens? How do you think he announces it? I, I think he stays in New England. And how do you think he announces it? Or I gets- don't know how he, he probably does some stupid cryptic YouTube thing. I don't know. Get that ad revenue. Go Tom <laughs> Brady. whip de doo I think he stays in New England, though. Yeah. I will say that Tom Brady is going to be with the Tennessee Titans by the time the 2020 season begins. And he will tweet it himself. He'll tweet it. He'll tweet it. A simple tweet. Yep. He'll just be like, Tennessee, oh, I'm ready for you. I, I think it's going to be some huge, like, LeBron James, the decision type beat. I don't know. That's kind of what it feels like it's building up to. Yeah. You you bet your marbles that ESPN is going to want to book out an hour to to get Tom Brady on the decision. Absolutely. I guess we'll see. I mean, again, like we just talked about, there's not a whole lot out there. We will keep you updated weekly on the situation of Tom Brady and where will he go? Where will he end up? Not that it came. This guy's in his early 40s. His arm is starting to get shot. He can't run out of the pocket. It's not like this is Joe Montana in his prime or even Tom Brady in his prime. You're getting a year or two of a good to great quarterback, which is good. Yeah, no, I'd put him in the above average. Yeah. He is still a top 10 quarterback in the league. Sure, but I'll take... A number of quarterbacks. You also over him. You, you take the name though. You take the brand Tom Brady to say the the Chargers sells tickets, and you roll with that. And that's why it makes sense for a Raiders or a Chargers. Who the Raiders yeah. moved to Vegas. They're trying to drum oh, up Brady, interest. Brady in Vegas. Brady's from California, so you get him closer to Cali. Las Vegas is like an hour flight from LA. Okay, I mean that's a decent pitch, and they could pay him. But 
we'll leave it there with Tom Brady. I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. But it's time for a recurring segment on our show that we have not aired in a little while. I'll last be one was you. the last episode of first semester, so season three, you know? Yeah, it was. It was, uh, was that the last time? Did we do it again? Maybe it, was, it was at the end of first year. I don't even know. It can be tough to find on this, but here we are. Voice guy, get back out here. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Finch's finest play. Oh, my goodness. Tyler Hopper makes an error. Take it away, Mr. Finch. All right, so the first clip we got here is from February 17th. So, yes, a little bit dated, but the call itself is just so amazing. Uh, it was Edmonton, Carolina in overtime, and I'll let the man himself, Jack Michaels, the play-by-play guy for Sportsnet, I'll let him take it away. Here's a shot, and that missed over the crossbar, and now it's a race for the puck. Dry settle with Ajo back. Jordan is Archibald, centering pass Archibald, reach and score! Josh Archibald wins the game! 4-3, Edmonton in overtime! That is oh, awesome. Yeah, in overtime! <laughs> I love that. If clip. you give me that energy on a consistent basis, I will watch every Edmonton Oilers hockey game. <laughs> why was Jack? Why was he on the call for that? Don't know. Don't care. It was a hell of a call. No kidding. The energy. <laughs> I was shaking in my boots, Jackson. But and and I guess now going from the actual game itself to a game show talking about sports. In this case is Jeopardy. Um, most of you know Jeopardy. And in this case, there was a question proposed about Joel Embiid and what his nickname was. And the contestant gave a pretty interesting answer. Take a look. Embiid in 2019 won the trademark for this nickname of his that also describes the 76ers' strategy of improving the team. Paul, what is do a 180? Nope. Margaret or Mike? What is the process? Joel Embiid. Come yeah. on, so, dude. So his name is Joel Duo 180 Embiid from now on, I guess. I guess. Uh, that's just, that's Jeopardy for you. There'll be a lot of people who are smart about a lot of things, but just blank on a subject. And, and you can tell no one knew because no one answered the question. But yeah, the process was obviously the right answer. And it was just a funny little, you know, outtake. Game shows like that and Family Feud and such always have funny little moments you can check out. And whenever the sports world becomes involved, I'm all I'm all game for it. Where do you think he got? Like, why do you think he guessed that? Was that out of the blue, or did he? I think that was definitely because do a 180. I missed. You're turning the team around. I don't know. Like, turn yourself around. Do a 180. And then I don't know if he thought like a 180 dunk. Okay. Maybe he, there there was gears turning, but just not the right ones. Yeah, that's an odd one for sure. I, that's always the thing, though, on Jeopardy. Like, you'll notice they'll they'll get the craziest, most niche yeah. things. But sports and entertainment, it's like, it's up for yeah. grabs. And then the, the person who does know it will fly Dominate. away in that category. It's uh, That's why Jeopardy is one of those shows you have to be smart in every single category. And uh, Joel Embiid, clearly not this guy's strong suit. But, hey, it was funny. And, and it's now a part of Finch's Finest Play, Jackson. There you go. And, uh, yeah, so that was this week's edition of Finch's Finest Some Play. Some good plays. Yeah, if you guys have any clips or legendary calls that you think we should promote or show here on the show, just uh, send it to us on either of our socials or at the Finch and Farrow Instagram page as well. 
I just realized there's a Dua Lipa song. Dua did a full 180, that one. Maybe he got it from that? Mm. Maybe oh. it's like some sort of, maybe that was in his head. He, was just, he had Dua Lipa. What's that song called? Don't Start Me Now? Don't Start Now. That's it. Yeah, I've been listening a lot to that song. Maybe too much. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it plays quite a bit. Yeah, actually, it's it's one of them ones that gets yeah. overplayed by the radio. Yeah. Regardless, yeah. Uh, so with that being said, some good plays, some bad plays, some great calls, some weird calls yeah. on Finch's Finest Play, so we'll be sure to bring that back uh, next week. But tough weekend here at Ryerson. Yep, we uh, we did not want to do this segment because it's very defeating for us as Ryerson University students. But it's playoff time for the OUA and for U Sports, and uh, as we'll describe in a little bit, uh, what, what do you want to say, someone, Jackson? Yes. Well, of course, we have our copyright music uh, of the week. This one is "Waking Up at Noon." Dash Carl Storm vlog no copyright music. So let's see uh, what we have in store for us today for our music underneath the Ryerson Rams recap. You're gonna have to let me know how this one sounds. This one isn't bad. It's is kind it, of is weird. it is it better than lo-fi, chill, hip hop, relaxing beats, comma slash brackets, 2015 bracket, comma slash. Oh no, this is awful. Okay, whatever. We'll just we'll start and I'll find something. Okay. You go ahead. Well, so. anyway, we're gonna start with uh, women's basketball. It was the only team uh, who qualified for nationals, so good for them on that. They, so they qualified for the U-Sport Nationals, and that has, is taking place at TD Place in Ottawa. But unfortunately, they lost their quarterfinal match to the UPEI Panthers, and they lost. It was a pretty close game. It was 75-70. to 70. So the women's basketball season is done in terms of capturing the championship. I do believe there are um, consolation games for 5th place, 6th place, etc. So they'll have a couple more games to play in Ottawa, but in terms of the big trophy, that's out of the picture, unfortunately. At least they went to the U Sports Nationals. That's, that's, that's a feat in itself. Congrats e to them. Exactly. Congratulations to them. Great season for women's basketball. Women's hockey, tough. Lost in game three of the OUA semis to UFT by a score of 4-3, and they were up 1-0 in that series. They played such a hard-fought series. Game two and three both went to overtime. They were one goal away, one shot away from moving on to the finals so many times. That's got to hurt. That's and one you wake up in the middle of the night in the summer you're like, man, I wanted that one back. It's, it's tough. But nonetheless, congratulations to the women's hockey team. An incredible season. Even taking a team such as UFT that far, the best season in the women's hockey uh, program history here at Ryerson. Yeah, and congrats to them. They've really uh, kind of flipped the program on its head, and there's a lot of talent coming up. Uh, Krause, she'll have, a, she'll have a couple more years here at Ryerson, so looking forward to that. And a lot of bright spots for the women's hockey team. Moving over to volleyball now, and our uh, we, we like to... Shout out this team a lot, the women's volleyball team. Absolutely amazing. And uh, they were in the OUA quarterfinals uh, this past Saturday at Madame Athletic Center, and they lost. They lost to the Guelph Griffins. So season cut short, a fantastic year cut short. Um, the final score was 3-2, to two, and the final set was 15-11. to 11, So they were so close. You can almost parallel this to the women's hockey team. Yeah. But uh, close, but no cigar, unfortunately. <laughs> At men's volleyball, they also lost in the quarterfinals on Saturday as well uh, to the Guelph Griffins, 3-0. So that one wasn't as close. Yeah. Oh, well. But a number of players on the team were all selected as OUA All-Stars, so good for them. And, uh, you know, that's still a good feat for them. Obviously, a bit of a disappointing uh, season for both volleyball teams. They usually go really far at Ryerson, but just one of those seasons that happens. I'm sure they'll be back next year uh, fiery than ever. Mm -hmm. And then uh, over to men's hockey. 
uh, we talked about how their season wrapped up last season, but a couple of uh, notables here. Gregory DiTomaso won OUA Defenseman of the Year, so congrats to him. Yeah. That's, a, that's a big feat for Ryerson and a Greg, uh, big feat for uh, DiTomaso. And then, uh, of course, DiTomaso, uh, Matt Mistley, and Matthew Santos were all announced as OUA All-Stars, Jackson. So Good for them. Not Absolutely. too bad, especially Mistley being his last year here at Rye High. We'll yeah. see how the team fares without him. But again, uh, men's team is also looking pretty good for next year, and we'll see how it goes. We'll cover it right here on the Finch and the Pharaoh. Yeah, and, and Gregory DiTomaso... One of the better players on that team is you're such an important part. I wish he did more in the playoffs, but man, very impactful. And he's coming back, so it'll be exciting to see him. By the way, I went back to uh, our copyright music from last week, which is no copyright music, chill lo-fi hip-hop beats, free, yes, free, lo-fi hip-hop, chill-hop music mix. So that's the one that we've been rolling with uh, recently, and it's been working for us. It's our, it's our rock. It's been consistent. But as we wrap up uh, The Finch and the Pharaoh, it's, it's been a wonderful show. We... Talked a little bit about Brady. We talked a little bit about the Raptors, Steph Curry, Blue Jays, Jose Bautista, misinformation. Yeah. No, no Leafs on the show no. in uh, in a big extent. Not and much to talk not about. Not much to talk about. But yeah. yeah, it's been a great show. We'd like to thank Amadeus. Yes, our board the man, op. the myth, the legend himself. He came in. He's been our board operator today. He'll probably be here for future episodes. So thanks for coming in. We'll see you next time, everyone. We'll see you on the podcast as well.